Welcome to Today on Broadway for Monday, September 17th, 2018. I'm Broadway World's Matt Tamanini. I, I, th- I thought we changed the name of the show to Today on, on Kendrick. No. No? <laughs> not always. Anna, not Lamar, but e- either way, uh, we can do both. Uh, that was a nice idea, though. Okay, and I'm Broadway star's James Marino. Uh, there's too much to actually talk about to develop or to devote an entire show to Anna Kendrick, although I think that would be a wonderful idea for a podcast. But over the weekend here on Broadway Radio, we had a number of episodes come out. First was Jan Simpson's latest episode of Stagecraft with Simon Reed, the playwright behind Private Peaceful. Um, we're going to get back to talking about Jan Simpson here in a bit because uh, she had some fun news uh, last week, last Friday, I believe. But the uh, Private Peaceful is playing at TBG Main Stage over on 36th Street, and it's based on uh, uh, the novel uh, by Michael uh, Morpurgo. So really interesting interview. She's always fantastic. Um, so definitely check that out. Then later on Saturday, I had a new episode of Tell Me More with Robert Fairchild talking about the adaptation of An American in Paris from the screen to the stage and now back to the screen as it will be released by Trafalgar releasing in cinemas across the U.S. this week on Thursday the 20th and Sunday the 23rd. Really great interview. He was really open about you know the development of the show, how it's helped his career, and we also got into his unbelievable performance at Miscast this past March where he did Music in the Mirror from a chorus line. Really, really great. And then, James, on Sunday, you guys had a new episode of This Week on Broadway where you talked about a number of different things. Agnes at 59 is 59. Um, some stuff at um, Feinstein's 54 Below. You also obviously talked about the passing of Marin Maisie, which we're going to talk about here in a second. Um, but the thing I'm most interested in, because we're recording right after today or This Week on Broadway was published, um, it looks like somebody got a chance to see Pamela's first musical at Two River Theater. Who was it and what did they think? Uh, Michael saw Pamela's first musical. I think Peter's going to see it in a few weeks, and I'm going to try to get down to see it. I mean, it's the world premiere of the Wendy Wasserstein and Christopher Durang um, musical, uh, music by Cy Coleman, lyrics by David Zippel, uh, and uh, directed by Graziella Danielle with just an unbelievable cast. I mean, this is ridiculous. I mean, get down to Two River Theater and see it in Red Bank, New Jersey if only for the pancakes in Red Bank, New Jersey at the uh, diner on Main Street. It's really awesome. Nice. Very cool. Well, I, I look forward to hearing that uh, episode after we're done here. But I, I did want to mention, I said, mentioned Jan Simpson a second ago. We need to congratulate her as she was named to the Outer Critics Circle Executive and Nominating Committee last week. She is joining my Broadway World colleague, Richard Ridge, along with Cynthia Allen and David Roberts as new members to the committee. Following the retirement of longtime board members Stanley Cohen, Mario Fratti, and Aubrey Rubin. Um, that's really exciting, James. So, But now when we think about it, we have Jan on the Outer Critics Nominating Committee. We have Peter on the Drama Desk Nominating Committee. And with the Village Voice shutting down, I think this confirms that we need to get Broadway stars to take over the Obies so that you can be <laughs> on their nominating committee. We're going to corner the market here. That would be awesome. But I, I just, you know, I can't say enough about Jan Simpson, how amazing she is. And I listened to her Simon Reed interview. Uh, Simon is the person who uh, directed and adapted um, Private Peaceful. 
what Jan is doing for her podcast, Stagecraft, is exactly the vision that I've had for Broadway Radio and what you are doing on Tell Me More, especially this Robert Fairchild interview and the music in the mirror and, and the red shirt uh, discussion uh, and the Cassie, who, you know, can there be a male Cassie? Can, is, is Kathy, Cassie uh, gender specific? And th- I, you guys are doing some great, great work. I mean, I just, I can't say how much I appreciate the work that you and Jan do. Uh, and and I can't uh, tell you how much I appreciate a the opportunity, but being uh, put in the same category as Jan Simpson. That's uh, I might put that on my special skills in my resume. <laughs> she she raises the game of everybody else. Absolutely. All right. So let's uh, move on to the first um, <sighs> first news of the day. Only six theaters will dim their lights to honor Marin Maisie. Yeah. Another frustrating and aggravating and yet completely avoidable situation from the Broadway League and its fairly recently formed committee of theater owners. On Friday, they announced that just six theaters will dim their lights on Wednesday at 6.45 p.m. for one minute to honor the late theater star who passed away last week after a battle with ovarian cancer. Those theaters will be the Al Hirschfeld, Broadhurst, Gershwin, Gerald Schoenfeld, St. James, and Niederlander. Maisie performed um, in those houses except for the Niederlander, but her husband, Jason Danieli, of course, is currently in the cast of Pretty Woman there, and they will dedicate Wednesday night's performance to her memory. Now, James, I I tweeted this on Friday, um, but I'm really getting tired of having to go through this every time a theater luminary passes away. It is very clear to me that the Broadway League doesn't have a coherent grasp on what dimming these lights means to the community or even what they want it to mean to the community. Instead of celebrating the life and career of Marin Maisie, we are now in day by the time this episode is released day four of instead bitching about the disrespect shown by the powers that be in the Broadway community to a beloved performer who made her life as a member of the Broadway community. I I really think that the league and this committee of theater owners, which was basically created to blunt the blowback of these decisions, needs to ask itself who this dimming of the lights is for, the community that is mourning or the person who has passed. If it's the latter, then it's extremely bad form and honestly a bit disgusting to rate the impact and import of someone's life and career by assigning an arbitrary number of marquees to be dimmed. It's also not like they're going to dim the lights of every Broadway theater that Marin actually performed in. If they did that, I could actually at least understand it because – the lyric, which is where she earned her second Tony nomination as mother in the original production of Ragtime, is not on the list of marquees to be dimmed. It's just gross and unbecoming of the league and, frankly, not something that I think they should be doing. Uh, I, I, I just don't understand this scorekeeping and one-upsmanship on how many theaters are going to dim their lights for a specific person's passing. But – On the other side, if the dimming is instead for the fans to remember and celebrate the star who's passed, you know, if you're going to dim some of the lights, dim all the damn lights and do it for basically anybody who warrants the honor. I know that the league's president, Charlotte St. Martin, has said in the past that they don't want to do it for everyone because then it will diminish the honor. Excuse me, James, but who the fuck cares? Who, who does it hurt to dim the lights? Sure, I understand that you're not going to dim the lights for someone who was a swing in one show in the 60s. Fine. Or someone who designed the costumes for a handful of little-remembered show in the 80s. Okay. But fans shouldn't have to spend the days following the deaths of stars to the magnitude of Jan Maxwell and Marin Maisie angry because the league is trying to play favorites 
a, or or do something to garner uh, media attention with what should be a really simple way to honor beloved theatrical stars. To me, it feels like the league doesn't know its purpose, doesn't know what theater fans care about and how to honor the people who have given their life to make this community special. I, I couldn't agree with you more. Um, uh, the, the league makes it seem as though that this is a, a really difficult thing to do. I'm not sure where the switch is. If you need to have four people in opposite seats, turning a key at some synchronous moment to dim the lights on Broadway, but Surely they make it seem like a much bigger deal than it is uh, in order to accomplish this goal. Uh, I I did. uh, I'm I haven't actually seen it in any official capacity, but I do believe the lyric has gone out on its own, gone rogue, if you will. Oh, has it? Okay. And said they're going to dim the lights. I, I and again, that's not official. I haven't seen that official anywhere, but I have seen and heard it uh, around well, that good. the lyric is going to uh, is going to uh, cross the league. <laughs> well, good for the Ambassador Theater Group uh, who owns the lyric for doing that. They were not in the original press yeah, release, no, so that weren't. makes me wonder. That makes me wonder if you have a committee of theater owners, maybe get somebody from all of the theater owners on this committee to make these decisions. It's just it's maddening and. I, I just I, I don't get it. Why do we have to do this every single time? And what's what's makes it even worse is that we started seeing people being preemptively angry about this almost as soon as Marin's passing was confirmed. I saw people on Twitter saying, please, please, League, don't make us start a hashtag to get these lights dimmed. And yet they continue to bungle this and screw it up every time when someone passes. Let let the community honor them. You know, I understand that you've got to have a union person do these lights fine. Pay them the extra whatever it is for the minute. It's it, 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 it's a gesture of goodwill to the people who work in the community, and it's a gesture of goodwill to the people who spend their money to keep this community afloat. That's a very good point you raise. I, I The committee of theater owners makes me seem like it must be a financial decision. There must be some I, sort of – well, yeah. uh, what time do they dim the lights? At 6.45 p.m. 6.45. So if the electrics person is either on their dinner hour or needs to be come in an hour early to do this type of thing, I bet I bet you, it, you know, I don't really know this for sure, but I bet you it has to draw back to a financial decision that it costs the theater owners an extra 150 bucks or something like that per theater to do it. If so... Yeah, screw screw the committee yeah. of theater owners. Exactly. <laughs> All right, let's uh, move on to li- this week's theatrical schedule. Okay, before we get started in what's coming up, I do want to mention the three Broadway shows that closed yesterday. First, the absolutely delightful SpongeBob SquarePants, SquarePants, which closed far too soon at the Palace Theater, due in no small part to the upcoming raising and renovations of the Palace Theater. I am. Um, wholeheartedly disappointed that this one is closing so soon. We've talked a lot about this show um, on Broadway radio throughout this season, James, and we've interviewed people from the show and whether they knew about the palace theaters intention to renovate this quickly or not. I really wish that this was not the end for SpongeBob SquarePants on Broadway. Uh, Then on Sunday, there was also the far less delightful carousel, which closed at the Imperial theater 
we've said enough about this one. Uh, Ain't Too Proud will move into the house in the spring. And finally, getting the band back together closed at the Belasco, where Network will begin performances on November 10th. Okay, moving on to the week ahead. On Thursday, the original Broadway production of The Lifespan of a Fact begins performances at Studio 54. The show will open on October 18th and is currently scheduled for a limited run through January 13th, my sister's birthday. Uh, Based on a true-ish, true-ish, that's their words, a story about an author, a fact checker, and an editor, the show is directed by Lee Silverman and will star a fantastically delightful trio of Cherry Jones, Daniel Radcliffe, and Bobby Cannavale. Also on Thursday... The world premiere of Char White's play The True will open from the new group having extended off-Broadway through October 28th just last week. Directed by Scott Elliott uh, Elliott from the new group, the show stars Edie Falco, Michael McKeon, Peter Scolari, and more, and follows Falco's Dorothea Polly Noonan, the blunt, profane, decades-long defender of Albany's Democratic Party machine. Sounds fun. Um, Then on Friday, um, the final thing we're going to talk about this week, we don't really have a ton of closings to go through. But finally, this week, on the other side of the pond, the first part of the West End transfer of the Young Vic's production of Matthew Lopez's The Inheritance begins performances at the Neil Coward or Noel Coward Theater. Stephen Daldry directs a cast including Vanessa Redgrave, John Benjamin Hickey and more. Part two begins performances on September 28th. And I predict Parts one and two, both of them, will be transferring to Broadway at some point in the next year or so. Maybe not this season, but perhaps in the fall. It is currently scheduled to run in London through January 19th. All right, Matt, what else do we have uh, this week? All right, two quick things. On Friday, we learned that the Bristol Riverside Theater in Pennsylvania will host the world premiere of the new musical The Rivals, based on the 18th century British comedy of manners about Mrs. Malaprop. The always wonderful Tony winner Harriet Harris will play the role in the musical from Tony nominee Peter Kellogg and Stephen Weiner. Performances begin on October 30th and will co-star Ed Dixon, Aaron Mackey, Kevin Massey, John Tracy Egan, and more. They are billing this as a pre-Broadway run. But we'll have to wait and see about that. Um, uh, and finally, it was announced last week that actors Renee Aubergeois, Christine Baranski, and Cicely Tyson, playwrights Maria Irene Fornes, D- uh, David Henry Wong, and Adrian Kennedy, director Joe Mantello, and posthumously uh, the late James Houghton will be inducted into the Theater Hall of Fame this fall. The induction ceremony will be Monday, November 12th. Congratulations to all of the honorees. And we don't talk a ton about uh, Rene Aubergeois because he hasn't done Broadway in a long time. But, man, if you ever go over to this dude's Wikipedia page, the the crazy credits that he has, everything from being in the film version of MASH to Benson to um, uh, uh, Star Trek Deep Deep Space Nine to being the chef in in the movie version of Little Mermaid to then being in City of Angels on Broadway and doing a bunch of plays and musicals like dudes had a crazy career. And we don't we don't talk about him much uh, because he hasn't done theater in a while, but. Uh, he's, he's, he's pretty awesome. Yeah. Uh, he's one of my favorites in City of Angels, uh, which absolutely needs to have some sort of Broadway revival. Yeah. Darn you roundabout, roundabout was supposed (laughs) to do it last year and screwed that one up. Sorry. All right. Uh, Matt, why don't you get us out of here? All right. Thanks for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Broadway Radio. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Matt. Oh, I had two quick things to talk about. Uh, let's yes. throw them in right here. Uh, uh, we joked at the top of the show it should be today on Kendrick, uh, Anna Kendrick. <laughs> um, 
So uh, if you are an Anna Kendrick fan, check out the uh, Between the Scenes uh, uh, <laughs> thing that she did with Trevor Noah from The Daily Show. Hysterical. Really, really interesting and hysterical. So check out Anna Kendrick in Between the Scenes. And she was on Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me this weekend. She's so funny. Oh, She's I didn't so, know that she was on that. Yeah, yeah she was the, uh, the celebrity guest on Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. And uh, the other aspect is that we've been, I think, started last week. We started releasing this, sh- this Today on Broadway a little bit early, the night before. Uh, and if you have any pros and cons about that, let us know about that. Of course, if there is something embargoed like we had last week as well, we will re-release the show in the morning with the embargoed information in it. But uh, it's part of some changes that we're making here. So uh, early release schedule gets you there the night before at least, so it'll... Uh, download and sync into your favorite mp3 player uh, as you are on the way to work or school or to start your day in the next morning. My name is James Marino from BroadwayRadio.com and BroadwayStars.com. Thanks for kicking off the week with us, and Matt and I will be back and talk with you tomorrow. <laughs>